Good morning, everybody. Good to see Jesus in surgery, and you're here. Amen. Praise the Lord. The devil didn't win today. Amen. He's here. Amen. Lord, we are so grateful and honored to come into your presence together in one mind and one accord. We are so grateful, Lord, for all that you've done, and I pray, Lord, this word today would be sown upon and thrown upon good ground, that we would take this word and be aware of the strategies of the enemy, Lord, in our lives and those around us and those we love, that we're able to speak truth and help people break free from the bondages of the enemy. In Jesus' name, Lord, amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Well, I can tell you um, this message uh, I had this for myself because Brother Matt and I were um, conversating at our staff meeting, Paul, Pastor Paul, Matthew, and I, and we're talking about the strategies of the enemy. And one thing we've noticed is the same narrative. When you get attacked from the enemy, you notice certain sentences or, or par statements, whatever people say. They may not even know each other, but it's the same thing. I said, that's one thing you know, the enemy's working something against you or your family. So we begin to share that. And then he goes, yeah. He said, like in Job, where his wife said, curse God and die. He said the same narrative that Satan told God, curse, he'll curse you and he will die. So he was working on the wife of Job. And so he had the same narrative. They had the same narrative. So the enemy was working and doing his work. So if you want to know if you brought your Bible, where I'm actually going to be is in the book of Job. I'll be in other scriptures, but that's the main thing. So um, why should we learn the, end, the strategies of the enemy, right? We should just know the word. We shouldn't really, it says, well, why should we really go into the depths of him? Well, if you don't know the strategies, you don't know what your battle is. You don't know where it's coming from. You're just like, you're clueless. You know, when we're in the military. We really don't learn the enemy until war happens, and we're going in, but to go into that country. I used to be in the Navy. So uh, we learned all the basics of military. We learned how to talk, walk, eat. How to, you know, we learned all of it. Then we learned our, our job. We're not even ready for war. We don't know what the enemy is. We don't know which enemy will be when, what year, what time, and, and how. Even in boot camp, when I was in boot camp, we went to war while I was in boot camp. And um, I remember there was a bunch of girls crying, and I was like, this is awesome. I'm going to be part of something big. I was so excited, but that's what I joined, to protect my country, to defend the freedom of my, peop of my people, right? And so, so passionate, but I knew, and some of them didn't get the revelation that we weren't ready yet because we were, were still in boot camp. We still had to go to school before we were good to anybody. We were just little peons that know, knew nothing, and as far as the best of us were crying, right? So, so the strategies of the enemy are very important. Because trials, tribulations, sickness, and sufferings do not always come as a result of sin. You're like, what? No, they don't. Job was a perfect man. I'm going to hit on that book. But he was a perfect man. And yet he went through a whole lot. How many of you read the book of Job? Oh, boy, this is going to be interesting. Okay. So I guess we will go through all of it. Well, as, as an example, also was the blind man from birth in John 9, 1 through 5. It says, why is he, why is he blind? The disciples asked Jesus, why is, this, why is he blind? And they went on to, it's sin, it must be the, the, his sin, it must be his parents' sin. It says, no, so that the Lord may be glorified. And you can get more revelation on that, but that was really good. So sickness doesn't just, things that come, at, that attack you aren't always, we think, oh, God, why? It's not God. 
One is to discern both good and evil. We've got to be able to discern this good and evil. Amen? It's really quiet over here. No? We should be able to discern it. In Hebrews, if you want to go with me, I'll, I'm going to read. Actually, I'll read 14 for you. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. Let's see here. I didn't, did I mark it? I marked a whole bunch, so. 514 says, but solid food belongs to those who are full of age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We got to discern it, right? It says exercise. I hate exercising physically, but we got to exercise to know good and evil. Let me show you what exercise looks like, you know, right? And you got to do that. Well, how do we do that? God's truth, his word, God's teachers, pastors, leaders that he has put us under so that we may grow in the power and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Jesus did, said that he did. He grew in the power and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Why, we have to too. It's not, it's not a, oh, okay, maybe tomorrow. I mean, if, if you want to get beat up and not know who's beating you up, then yeah, for you it would be maybe tomorrow. You know, I'm tired of getting beat up. How many you guys, I'll tell you what, this message I was so excited because when Matt and I talked, I went and I was like, I got to read that. I got to read it. I got to read it. I got to find what Matt's saying. And oh, it just opened up this book. I was like, I can't stop. I was so excited. And um, I was like, oh. And then when he's like, do you want to minister since Paul's going to be having surgery? I was like, no. And then I said, yes. Then I said, no. And then I was like, oh. And then I remembered I had this. This is, this is for me. I'm sharing you my stuff, Okay. And I said, okay, I have something to share. But then, oh my goodness, ABC123, I have not been, we've been attacked since this thing. I don't know if I can take it personal. It is a witchy month. You know, we got the wicked spirit, wickedness is up high. And so it's really bad. Sorcerers, witch, wizards, they're all praying against us. So this is very important. So important that my husband and I have been attacked. That's like, this is crazy. Me and him were, I was up at three in the morning just wide awake. Okay, any of you who know me, I don't get up. <laughs> I say boot camp hours. Anybody who knows me, I sleep. If I prefer to get, I don't think the Lord wakes me up at three or two in the morning because I don't get up. I'm just a heavy sleeper. I can sleep through. I have slept through earthquakes, okay? I have done that. Not fires because I've not been a fire, but I have. I was wide awake at three in the morning. Had to pray, pray, pray. I was like, what is going on? And so I almost, um, Saturday, was like, I don't know if I could do this. I turned to Jared. He says, we got to keep pressing on and pressing on. My own baby. I birthed this baby for such a time as this. Amen? So that was really good. I was like, yes. And so we got to be able to discern and exercise that discernment. If we fall for everything that the enemy does, then we wonder, that's the circle. Have you ever heard Pastor Paul preach about that? That whole, like, circle. You know, the little hamster keeps running. Nobody tells him he can get off right? Supposedly it's exercise. I don't look like exercise to me. But, um, but it's so that you can work and know, so that can stop. So he could stop hitting those arrows in those places that you just don't know what's going on. And it's like, let's see. Go look at it. Go find it in your scriptures. That's what he's, they're, in Hebrews they're telling us to do. Pastor Paul had preached in, um, at Pray Center. This might be a part two because we're already tough. Oh, cool, we're tough 41. But Pastor Paul had preached at Pray Center in June. You can go on it. It's available on YouTube through our Powerhouse Church website and YouTube, right? And 
Oh, thank goodness. This one thing just made me so excited. And I was thinking about this at 3 in the morning. But he said, we are not a flesh with the spirit. You get it? So, yeah. At first I was like, what? Yeah, this is going to get good. We're not a flesh with the spirit. Flesh doesn't become number one, and then your spirit. We are spirit man. If you read in Genesis, God made us spirit man first with a flesh. So my spirit came first, then my flesh. We are a spirit human being. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. I'm going ahead of myself on that one. But we don't, but principalities and, and rulers of the darkness, why? When we come to Christ, there's like all kinds of attacks. Why? Not because he wants your flesh to be happy, but he doesn't want your spirit to know God and to be one with God. Your, what does it say? The carnal mind is the enemy of God. He says that because the, the flesh and, and, and the body doesn't want to do what God wants it to do. It's constantly in battle, but the spirit is willing, but our fleshes are weak. Why? Because we're spirit beings. Who I am right now, who you see in my flesh, is actually a, a reflection of who I am in my spirit. And can't you see, you notice countenance on people when they're not happy or they're just grumpy people? And, you know, sorry, Grandpa, my grandpa was always a grumpy guy. You know, and he's always, oh, okay, he's a grumpy person. But you, it, re, it re, reveals who you are inside always is revealed on the outside. It's not the other way around, right? So it's important that because of that, our attacks, we need to know they're not personal and they're not against flesh and blood. The enemy will attack you in the physical, but he works through in the spiritual. And I'll explain that. There's a lot of good stuff in Job. So we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the one who hates us. And we got to get that. He doesn't like you, and he doesn't like me. And then let's take it another degree. He hates us with the perfect hatred. He doesn't like us. Never once does he. If he considers anything good for you, it's because it's to his advantage. Some people think, oh, I'm, it's just so amazing. But they're not living right. It's like, yeah, so as long as he can keep you away from, from the true living God, he's good. He's going to keep you happy. The further he can keep you away from the Lord, the better. Yeah, because he doesn't want you to be with the Lord. He doesn't want you to know him. He doesn't want you to have joy and peace and break free from the bondages of the enemy so that you can say no to sin. You think he wants that? Absolutely not. Because you think he likes God? Absolutely not. So Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, strengthened, and in the power of his might, not your might, his might. How? Through a relationship with him, knowing truth in his word. That's how you begin to know the, you walk in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And having done all to stand, verse 13, I skip, and I just picked that part because I got a lot of stuff to share. Verse 17, okay, I'll not go into 17 yet, but now I need my son, Jared. If you will walk, please come. He knows, I think, now a little idea what I'm going to get from him, right? So... <laughs> We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Jared wrestled for a few years in high school. So I need you up here because you and I are going to wrestle. Not really. So, so 
this is not to happen. So we're going to be, pretend we're at a match. And I'm your opponent. I'm the end. I'm your, I'm actually, let's pretend I'm the enemy though. Okay. Well, let's pretend, no, this is a regular fleshly match. Human to human. But we're, I'm actually mom and your son. We get in a tiff. We're going to wrestle. So give me your wrestle stance. Right? Okay. So I'm, I'm shorter. He's coming down to white. Why is he so low? Because I'm short. Right? If I, was, if I was Trent, which is another old wrestler, how, how, where would you, how would you stand? Because he'd be taller. He'd still be low? Yeah. Okay, well, never mind on that. Okay. So, so when you go, I know a lot about Jared as mom. I've taken to physical therapy, so I know that these knees right here, one of them, which one, I don't remember which one, but I know one of them isn't too strong, wasn't too strong. He's probably strengthened them now. And I also know that he works out because we have the gym in our garage. So I know some information about this guy. I know that one of these sides of, hi of him has an owie. So we're getting that fixed. That's mama term, sorry. So I know these things about Jared. Now, but Jared also knows some things about me. He knows I don't like to run, so my endurance is about how long? How? Not that long. <laughs> Wrestling, do you have to have endurance? Yes, yes you do. So I'm in trouble. So do you know I do what else do you, you know about me? I don't work out, right? So probably not as strong as you, yeah. right? We know a lot about each other. So now when you're going to come at me, are you going to think about all those things about me? Back in your mind, like you know that you can out-wrestle, you yeah. can outlast me, right? Yeah. So I know that I ain't got no hope in most of the ways. So I know that I'm going to hit what hurts. So we're going to go for like this, right? I've seen you guys do this, right? And then you, what is this for? Why do you not put yours on mine? What is this for? To open up windows. To open up windows to jump in, right? To push me. To push to me. And what is your goal? Um, what do you want to do? To defend. And but you want to win. You want to break the tie, and what do you want? You want to get me? You can't get me down the road. I got a dress. I did that purpose. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you want to break me down, mm -hmm. get me on the ground, and keep, you there. and keep me there so you could win. Yeah. But in this now, that's what we do. In the that's what we do when we fight, as husbands and wives, brothers and sisters. We hit things that we shouldn't hit. Sometimes we hit them on accident. Husband and wives, we do, right? We go to accident. I know times when I first got married, I'd hit them on accident. I'd go before they're crying, what did I do? We'd be in big old fights. It's like, why do you go to 060 on me? You married me. You love me. <laughs> right? I didn't understand, but I was hitting stuff. And this is, okay, I won't hit you, but I'm going to fake hit you, okay? So he won't hit his mama anyway, so. But I would do this, and we do this. And sometimes we'd go around and we'd do this. And we're wrestling push me a little bit, but it's nice. Yeah, because this guy is strong, right? And we're fighting against each other. And he says, no, you don't do this against each other. Go for mom. It's okay. You know, and, um, and I always see them do that. They always like break away, break away, right? But we, this is what we do in the physical. This is what we see all the time when you're fighting in your home and you're hitting things that you know that other partner's weak on. That's wrong. You can sit down now. Thank you so much. I think I'm done. But sit right here just in case I'm not. But it, it's wrong. It's demonic because that's exactly Satan sitting in the back going, <laughs> yeah, I did a good job there. Or the little demons he sends and they come back and report. It was great. High five. I, we got it. Yeah, they're verdict on the divorce. Those two will never talk again. Da, 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 right? 
But, oh, wait, I do need you. Come back. So <laughs> let's take it and we say, okay, now we know. He says something to me. Now this is the way it should be. Now you could be the enemy. Pretend you're me and I'm you as far as the strength. You're weak, right? Because you're me. Okay, because I don't work out. Okay. So the strength comes in the word of God. Now when, let's say, let's say that Jared's wrestling in the physical. So we get in a fight, right? And I was like, wait, I know truth. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Something's going on here. So go at me. We should go because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, in the spirit realm, mm -hmm. my option to come against the enemy is truth. Love thy neighbor. Pray for those who persecute you and despitefully use you. Give a gift when you don't want to give it. Speak life when the, you don't think they deserve it. Okay, yeah, okay, go, go back. Sorry. So, um, yay, Jared. But we need to wrestle, the, and wrestle is the truth, the truth of God's word. I remember one time I was sitting on the couch and I just had this heaviness and say, God doesn't love you. And it just, whoo, heavy. This was like last year. And I sat on my couch and I was like, man, that's like a heavy word. The Lord said, exactly. Do you really believe it? And I was like, no, I don't believe that word. I don't even believe that. It's not even true. And God's word says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He loves all of us. He's rooting for you. He's sharing that gospel of truth all around the world on YouTube even now. I get to go on YouTube. No, I'm just kidding. But he's really, what they want us to see is like, get out of yourself and remember the enemy is there to attack. He'll use everybody and anybody who's willing to be used. Even your animals sometimes. So, Yeah. So 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Means through lack, ignorant means not to know through lack of information or intelligence. Our lack of information will come from what? Not knowing truth. Not to knowing the truth. For the weapons of our warfare are not car carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And just in wrestling, his, I've seen them do it over and over. They pull them down sometimes, right, Jared? They pull them and throw them down, and then they wrestle and they get out of bounds and they come back up, and they're going to figure out who's going to pull who. And that's what we got to do. We got to pull those things down, whether it be generational curses, unforgiveness, anything that's embattling within us. We got to pull them down because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. There's attack that's going on. So the book of Job, wow, this is quicker than I thought. No, actually, it's not. But, anyways, the book of Job, I want to talk about because it just, it is. I used to think it was like a very, um, this is all about, it's not very spiritual, I thought. <laughs> what was I thinking, right? I was totally wrong. So the book of Job doesn't actually have an author. And the amazing thing about this book is that it, it's the long, oldest book ever written. Before Genesis, Leviticus, all of them, before the New Testament, before any scriptures, this was the first book. It's the oldest book. And they say it was probably around the time of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Around that time. And around that time, there was a massive, massive famine. So, yeah, that's like we know when our, we ran out of toilet paper at Costco, people freak out, right? Well, to get to like 20 degrees, I guess, in, in the Middle East, which is not someplace I would care for. Anyways, but 
So we talk, like in Genesis, they say around Genesis 11 to chapter 11 to chapter 12, there was say that that's where Job actually lived in that, those times, which is interesting. Okay, well, that's an interesting note, but okay. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Okay, so sorry, calm down. So the land that he came from and where he was at during that time Sorry, guys. I had made notes here at 3 in the morning, and it's not working out. Don't do that on your phone, right? So it's blinking. Somebody's trying to get a hold of me. No. So. Okay. So you can figure. So he's around the time of Abraham. What did Remember Abraham was called out, right? We know that the story he's called. Everybody know that story about Abraham. If you don't, it's in Genesis chapters 11, 12. He gets called out from who? Just keep this in mind. Maybe you might need it next time because this is... This is a lot of stuff. The Chandelins from the Chandelin country. He gets called out from there. Interesting. It's like, what? So we go to Job chapter. I'm going to talk about Job's character. Let's go to the book of Job. So we're in the book of Job. Now, this is like no Ten Commandments are there, but Job, who, who knows? Oh, no, none of you guys have written the book of Red. Most of you have, don't know about the book of Job, right? So it says in Job 1, 1, says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. He did not want anything to do with evil. He went, hmm. It's like, hmm. Like, I have to shun avocado. I'm so sad, but not the same concept, I guess. But, you know, I shun running. I hate running. So I would be like, hmm. He shunned evil. He hated it. But he was blameless, morally pious. You give reverence to the deity, upright one who feared God, and he withdrew from evil, to be without. He did, that's what he, wasn't him, to be, to be into evil. He um, had one wife, seven sons, three daughters. Wow, that's like 10 kids, that's crazy. 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, with no anesthesia or nothing. That's crazy, go girl. 3,000 camels, 500 yokes of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. That's expensive. Greatest of all people of the East. This is Job. This is who we're talking about. So God and Satan are in the same place in, in actually, we go down to chapter 6. We're, I mean, we're, verse 6. 1 and 6. We're going to skip down to 1 and 6. And I thought that is crazy. How many of you guys have, think that's a problem? Now there, let's read verse 6. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came along. I thought, what is what in the world? Why? He got kicked out. But I, cause he, could you imagine? This is just a little, like, uh, this is what I do. He comes in, and they're like, guess who's here? Well, I'll kick you down again, eh? Why are you here? You know, that's the Mexican in me. But, but I'm sure they were, <laughs> it was not peaceful. It was like, oh, come sit here with us while we talk to God. No. Don't forget, he's an enemy. And I don't know why he was there, but he's, this is not the only time I'm sure that he's ever been there in God's conversations. So they have a conversation, and the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. So we know, we just shared something, you know, the enemy walks to and fro, walking back and forth. And I was sure Paul was laughing What's well, not funny? Paul would be like, it's not funny. I was like, you're right. I mean, not Paul. Apostle Peter would be like, Cindy, it's not funny. But he's not here. He's with the Lord, so he won't be able to hear this. 
So Luke 22, remember when Jesus tells Peter, he says, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith would fail you not. Remember that? And then in 1 Peter 5, 8, right? 1 Peter, let's see, make sure I got that right because I really jumped ahead of myself on that. But um, Peter says, careful, basically I'll paraphrase, he says that, that um, be careful of the wiles of the enemy. He's like a roaring lion. He walks the land to seek whom he may devour. You know why he said that? Because he got the revelation. Because he went through it. So, he, so Job wasn't the only one that went through this. So the enemy does go. Oh, it's right here in front of me. First Peter 5, 8. The enemy goes all around the land and just takes inventory. Who does he think he takes inventory of the most? Me and you. Right? He's got, his other, he's got his minions. I'm sorry, but I, I used to be a minion. Thank the Lord I'm not a minion anymore. Before, I gave my life to Jesus. I'm not one anymore. Are you, hey, come on. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. It's those who do his bidding, minions. So God, so God never asks what he's doing for nothing. He doesn't ask, oh, so why? Because I have no clue. Where are you going? I don't know what you're doing. God already knows what he's doing. Right? Have you ever seen in um, Genesis 4, 6, Cain? He tells Cain, God tells Cain, Hey, why are you angry? Deal with your anger, lest worse come upon you. But why, why are you angry? God already knew why he was angry. Whenever God asks us a question, he always knows the answer. Right. He always knows the answer. It's just you. He's asking you so you can reflect. Satan isn't going to reflect, though. He's like, of course, he knows that God knows where he, what he's doing. So Satan will always challenge, number one, one of his strategies is that he will always challenge truth. He will always, 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 and again, always challenge truth, God's words. God speaks to Satan as though God doesn't know what Satan's up to. Remember, Satan has authority on earth since the fall of man in Genesis 3. Matthew 4, 8 through 10 tells us that after Jesus was fasting, and 40 days and 40 nights, Satan offers Jesus his kingdom if Jesus would just bow and worship Satan. Truth. Let's read. Um, this is the truth of God, what God said. John 1, verse 8. I mean, Job 1, verse 8, sorry. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. What's the truth? A blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil. Now he uses, or have you considered, that's a military word, strategic, have you strategically formed anything against him? Of course he has. God already knew he was because God already knows the character of the enemy. He knows. So he says, have you, okay, I'll use my name, okay, so I don't freak everyone out. Have you considered Cindy? Of course he has. I could tell you, I mean, if you could see all my arrows, all the holes in the arrows, the battle scars, right, battle scars. It's like, of course he has. So the truth, what is the truth that God said? When God speaks, he speaks truth. He doesn't lie. God is not a man that he should lie, though the son of man that he should ever repent. So when God speaks, he speaks truth. That he spoke, and his truth is a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. That's the truth that he spoke about Job. And what did Satan do? He came against that truth. If you want to know where it says, God is not a man that he should lie, that's Numbers 23, 
um, 23 verse 19. So Satan answered the Lord, does Job, does Job fear God for nothing without a cause? You have not made a hedge around him, around his household and around all he has on every side. You've blessed the work of his hands and his possessions and increased in the land. He'll always try to contradict the truth. Like, of course, you baby him. You give him everything. I don't even touch him. No, 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 Job. Job, Job, Job. He's blameless. He's that. That's the enemy. Oh, no, 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 Cindy. She's always praying. No, 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 no. You take give her everything. Yeah, she has clothes, and she has, boy, she has shoes, right? <laughs> that's how he is. But take all the shoes away. She'll be barefoot, you think? You know, take her shoes away, and she'll cry. No, she'll just make some right? But he was attacking Job, not because he cared about Job, but because he was irritated with God, the goodness of God, because he wants to be God. So the enemy will attack the truth that God speaks in your life as well, because he was going against the truth that God spoke. Number two, Satan will speak evil of you to do evil to you, to God and others. He's the accuser of the brethren, brethren, Revelations 12:10. So he thinks he knows the body of Christ, but he doesn't know us. Verse of Job 1:11 says, "Now, but now, stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. Surely he will." Cuz he knows, Job knows, right? I mean, Satan knows Job, right? Who knows Job more better? God or, or Satan? God does. God said he's blameless. But he says, no, once you take all his, his toys and his things away, he's going to curse you. So who knows him? God does. So when God tells you you can do it, he's speaking truth. He's speaking truth to you. When God tells you, I believe that you can do it, I believe in you, and there's a word over you, he's speaking truth to you. And the enemy's going to say, nah. I, they won't have money tomorrow and they're going to cry and they're going to go and do things their own way and leave you. We got to choose. What are we going to believe? That's a strategy. That's what he does. He does it perfectly. He doesn't want you to know it. You know how I know he doesn't want you to know those truths, these little strategies? Because he's been attacking us to keep us from doing this. I was like, man, maybe, maybe I'll sleep in and, out and miss my alarm. It's like, because this is crazy. Lord, what's going on? These are the strategies that he's like, man, yeah, it's in there, but it's not for you guys to know. And I bet if he knew that Job was going to be written, he wouldn't have done nothing. He'd have just kept walking to and fro. Nah, I don't want to be part of this meeting. I got to go. Because nobody, he doesn't want mankind to know how awesome God is. He will keep that from you. So, Joe, okay, so I read, so in, um, this is, okay, so God knows you. The truth, Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations in Jeremiah. He knows us. If he knew Jeremiah, you don't think he knows you? Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a hope and a future. So if you're attacked and thinking, I'm a loser, I'm never going to make it, I'm not going to pass that test, I'm not going to, no. The Lord's like, wait a minute, I don't even think of you that way. Why are you thinking this way? Because the enemy's saying, you're a loser. You're not going to make it. You're, you're, when you get blanket with fear, 
That's not God. God doesn't bring that kind of fear. The fear that, that they use for fear of God is the reverent, holy respect. It's like your parents. My dad used to give me the look. Even now, it's like, you go, oh, okay, I've crossed the line, sorry, you know? That look, and it's the respect for my father. Oh, I disrespected him, sorry, dad. And it's just because I respect him and love him. And that's what we, the fear of God is, to respect and love him. But fear itself is all 100% enemy. He's, and it's just as strong as faith. It's just as strong. It's, faith is a substance, it says, of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. Fear is a substance as well because it can change your path and your direction. And now you're, you're operating in a perverted faith, which is called fear. Because you have the faith to believe in the fear that you believe rather than the faith and the truth that God stands on that he gives us and go down this way. Fear says I should go this way. Faith says I should go this way. And if you ever been to our nursery, if we go this way, you go into the nursery, you go out that exit, it's a brick wall. That's where fear takes you. But if you go this way to faith, you go out that, you go out that door, and oh, you've got a beautiful park. That's where faith takes you, right? You gotta, we have to really fight against those fears. Amen. If God be for you, who dare be against you? I like that one. That's my favorite. Number three, Satan is always trying to prove God wrong by attacking you. Nothing personal. He just hates you and me. Remember the Lord knew Satan has the right to mankind. Matthew 4, uh, verses 8 through 10. Jesus tempted, was tempted in the wilderness. So we know that when he was tempted in the wilderness, Satan said, oh, I'll give you all my kingdom. So we know he has that authority. So when the Lord said, to Satan, behold, in verse 12 of chapter 1, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So, so tell me this. Or no, you guys can't tell me. But yeah, you can't tell me this. But to understand, behold, all that he has is in your power. It was already in his power. See, but if God intervened in that moment, because I believe that Satan didn't like Job anyways. He was going to attack him anyways. He had all authority to do it. He already had it back in Genesis. He was going to attack him. But what did the Lord say? Don't touch his person. He intervened. He didn't give Job to Satan. What did Jesus say in this world? You shall have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world, right? So you're going to have him. But, he's, but God intervened to don't you touch his person. So... Satan's like, okay. So number four, Satan influences others to do his bidding. So we'll see in um, Job 1, verse 13 through 15, and 17 through 18, those who live according to this world he will use. So let's see. And there was, in verse 13, there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. And the, oh gosh, Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am alone, escaped alone to tell thee. So the Sabians were known for plundering and for ravage. And I don't know if I'm saying their names right. Sorry if I am. They were prisoners of Satan. Verse 17, while he was yet speaking, there came in also another and said, the Calderons, remember them? We talked about them about Abraham. Who, 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 took, who left it? The Calderons. 
Abraham, remember? He was living in that wicked place. Made out of three, three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away. Yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. They didn't even know them. They didn't even have, they just slayed them because they needed to get what they wanted to get. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. So who, who was influenced? The enemy used, Satan used Sabins and the Caldrons. The Caldrons were, were astrologers and they were magicians in black magic. Ooh, yeah, come on. And who told them to go do it? Who told them? Satan told them. Satan's going to tell people to come at you. They're not going to like you and they're going to hate you. And you're not going to have a clue and you're going to take it personal. Well, no, you're not anymore, right? Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. So he is influential and he will use those who are his. He knows who to go. I like what um, knows who to use. Perry Stone is a minister that I like to watch on. And um, he said it this way, principalities work through personalities. I was like, ooh, ooh, that was good. Sorry, I had to do that. But. And it's true. That's why you have to be aware. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Because some, that narrative, and if you get somebody who's, who, who just, okay, so we think that black magic or or they're, they're, they're demonic because they're in black magic. No, if there's a very big rebellious person in your life, it says rebellion is a sin of witchcraft, and they're coming at you. You think they're coming at you because they're coming at you? No, because if it's a rebellion is a sin of witchcraft, their enemy's using them to come at you. That's why we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So you're mad at somebody that you're just stuck in that realm of the earth, but if you fight in the right way in the spirit, you, you can actually break free for them to hear Christ. And you grow in Christ because you begin to grow in God's truth and you battle with the word. But then when the word becomes in you, it becomes revelation. And you begin to know, I pray for them. Pray for those who persecute, despitefully use you. You think the enemy is going to want to send people because you keep praying for them? He gets confused. He's like, what's going on? Every time I send somebody, they get saved. Every time. What's going on? So he'll go and find another way. We'll, we'll find out some of those ways, right? So here, um, Satan 4, he influences others. Revelations 12, 9. So the great dragon cast out that serpent old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. First uh, John 3, 10. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifested. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brethren. He will use the unsaved, the carnal-minded, man-pleasers to do his bidding. Jesus shares um, who is his and who is Satan's in John 8, 42 through 47. Write these down because they're, they're coming. Might be today, might be tomorrow, but you're ready. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of, your, of the father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. When we wrestle, God, you know, he's not, if he used to having all you can do stand, what do you stand on? Truth, right? He can't stand in truth. 
He won't be able to stand. When you give him truth, he runs. He can't stand in it. He can't stand it. Get it? Get that? Anyways. Inside joke, I guess. He does not stand because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, which is what? Gospers or things he can't prove. For he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's word. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Ouch. Who is he telling that to? He's telling that to the Pharisees. Whitewashed tombs. He tell, calls. He even calls them a whitewashed tomb. You know what that is? Tombs that are really pretty on the outside, but when you open them, they smell. He called them like, oh, you're pretty on the outside, but inside you stink. Ooh. But he'll use those people. I just showed you the ones that he'll use. Number five, or the, another strategy, Satan uses the weather and brings fire. And I know I skipped you guys. Like, well, what about verse 16? Was it when Satan used fire against Job? Well, he was yet speaking. There came also another and said, the fire of God has fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only escaped alone to see, to tell thee. And then verse 19, and suddenly a wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. In Matthew 8, 23 through 26, Jesus and his disciples in the storm. Remember Jesus calmed the storm? And so remember how they calmed it? But the thief comes in John 10, 10 to steal, kill, and destroy. But what did Jesus say? I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So we know that he comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Because in Job, he brought fire, he brought wind, and he destroyed his children. Come on. So we know where he could. He also comes in the weather. So you have authority to take. If you want to do something, you plan something, you have authority over that weather. In the name of Jesus. Remember, so sometimes things just like, man, you're like having this day and it just extremely pours. And sometimes it even pours in your side of town. That don't make no sense. You speak in tongues. Speak. Pray. Amen? So that's why I'm not a fan of the wilderness. And by the way, wilderness, lots of things come out of the wilderness. Apparently, um, the wind that Satan brings. And when Jesus was in the wilderness, he got tempted for, you know, after his 40 days and 40 nights. I'm like, I knew there was something wrong about the wilderness. There's no restrooms in the wilderness. No showers, no grazie, right? So <laughs> chapter 2. Let's see, what are we, oh, we're 11, 16. Hey, am I, is everything good? Is this good? Yes. Amen. Chapter 2, God's truth still stands and proclaimed at the heavenly meeting. They have another heavenly meeting. There comes another one, and they're all talking. It's like, oh, here comes Satan again. I can't imagine. I'm sure they weren't happy. In other words, they're like, oh, it's like he bumped my wing. What are you doing, dude? Why are you here? Right? So we, this is their meeting again, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. But I want to read three real quick. So they, um, he answers the Lord in verses 1 through 2. The Lord asks him, where are you going? And he tells him again, to and fro. He already did his bidding. He sent his people to kill Job, to go after Job. I mean, not kill Job, but go after his, his, everything he owned and take all his goods. Now Job's what? Poor, right? Basically down to zero. So the enemy takes it. He takes my pocketbook. I'm just kidding. I'm responsible for some of it, but no. But he does take your stuff sometimes, right? So um, so then the Lord said in verse 3, the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, 
that there is none like him on the earth, blameless and upright, who fears God and shuns evil, and still he holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without a cause. There's the truth again, but the enemy can't stand truth. He won't listen to truth. He doesn't care about truth. He hates truth. It's a challenge to him. It's like when kids are little, you tell them no. They're like, oh, yeah, no? Okay. Like my niece one time, I, had, I was like, Paul, I got to go. To, he, we were taking care of my nieces, and I said, I'm going to go get Taco Bell because you know, I didn't want to cook. There's a lot of people cook for her, so I'm going to go to Taco Bell, back when Taco Bell was really good. So um, back in the 1900s. And so... <laughs> It's like, okay, so I, we have this one, and she's a beautiful lady. She's hilarious, but she was, um, you didn't tell her no. It was a, the word was a challenge. No was a challenge. So, um, so he's like, man, so it was really rainy and muddy, and, and he's like, she wanted to go outside. He goes, no, you're not going outside, because we lived out in the country at that time, and, and um, she's like, I want to go outside. He's like, you go outside, you're going to get a spanking. And she's like, hmm, nobody tells her no. She goes out, looks at him, opens the door, and starts going outside, and he went, schmack! <laughs> and she didn't ever did it again. And she loves her Uncle Paul ever since then. It's the best uncle ever. But that's the enemy. Don't tell me no. Don't tell me they're good. Don't tell me you're going to bless them. I'm going to make sure that you don't. You know, but when we hang on to truth, he has nothing. He has nothing. Like Jesus, Satan has nothing in me because I'm not moved by him. I don't listen to his words or the people that he uses. Amen? He also brings sickness. People think, oh, God brought it to know. Satan brings sickness. In verse 7, so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his feet to the crowns of his head. Remember, John 10.10, 10, the thief comes not but what? Except to steal to kill, and to destroy. But what What did Jesus come? I've come that what? That you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The enemy brings sickness. God does not bring sickness. Remember that. Matthew 12, Jesus speaks, every kingdom divided against itself shall fall. People were accusing him that, that you know what, you're from Beelzebub. He goes, no. He had just healed some, a blind man. He says, no. I am not from Beelzebub. A kingdom divided against itself will fall. I can't give sickness and then take sickness. It's a concept. Just like he blesses. When he blesses you, he doesn't take it. Sometimes we lose it because of our bad choices. Gifts or whatever. Monetary gifts or spiritual gifts, whatever. You know, it's just not our priority, whichever. But, um, but he doesn't do that. But Satan will bring the sickness. He will. God does not bring sickness. Satan will try to use, okay, this is a popular one. This will make me so unpopular. And so um, he'll try to use your spouse or you for your, to your spouse. Yeah, that's right. I did say it. Job 2.9, and this is what this one I'll, I'll close. Then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. Ooh, isn't that what Satan wanted? Now he's got his wife on, wife on his side. You're like, have you ever seen, like, on, when your spouse is on the lowest, sometimes the other spouse can just make it worse because the enemy will use it. Now, I think she gets a bad rap. I mean, think about it. Let's think about this wife. 
She lost everything. She's poor too. Hello, not just Job, right? She lost all her children. Hello. Have you ever, has anyone here birthed 10 kids and then all die? That's just crazy. I don't know. If I birthed 10 kids, I mean, um, no, you're going to stay right by me because that was a lot of work. No anesthesia. I don't know if they had good anesthesia. I don't know what they had, and I didn't just thank the Lord that we weren't there, right? So she was, and she, so she was scared. She lost everything, brokenhearted, because she lost her child, her children. And then, not only that, this man has boils. He's going to die. She's going to be a widow in her mind. So all these things that she had were open to fear, and fear brought the idea that Satan used it over her here, curse God and die, because why would God do this to us? Even Job thought he, God did this to him, but it wasn't. All the time it was Satan. And so she voices it out. But what does her man do? Because what, what did God say he was? Blameless, upright, moral. He corrects her instantly. I love that. It's like, doesn't wait for time. Oh, well, she's going to be mad at me. Oh, and the guy is in pain. He's in pain. And Job 2, verse 10 says, But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God, or shall we not accept adversity? And all this Job did not sin with his lips. He corrected her. Because what God will... Not, God will not separate marriage. In Mark 10, 9, it says, Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. She was an upright woman because he said, You speak as a foolish woman. In other words, you're like, you know, you're acting a little worldly. You're not, that's not who you are. So we know that the enemy can use us. He could use us. On our lowest, downest time, he could use us against each other. That's what he doesn't want me to tell you today. I just know that I know that I know. He will use your friends. He will use your family. He will use anybody who's down, who's willing to hear, and then speak it. That's why, the, that's why it said to not, to not be ignorant of Satan's devices because he will use them in any area that he can do, use. He'll find it. He'll use it. So... I'm going to skip down to this one. So the whole purpose, like what was the purpose of this book? For wanted to reveal Satan and the attacks of the enemy. And the best part of this book I love when I'm down is the sovereignty and the power of God. You read in chapters 38 through 42, you see the power and the awesomeness of God. You see the details of Genesis chapters 1 through 2 and how he, he chose to do the, the waves and, and, the, and the land and the mountains. And you think when things are going bad and you have no hope and you think that God's forsaken you, you go to those chapters and they bring life to you that what am I worried about? God's going to see me through this. God's going to break free. He's going to breakthrough. We're going to break through. Jesus died on the cross for us. Why are we acting like we're defeated? It's a great place to start to see this is the God I serve. This is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. That's the truth of the word. And it wakes you up and it gets you back on your feet to going forward and not believing the lie. I said the God that parted the ocean and the sea and decided where it should go. What am I worried about? Amen? 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 
So this beautiful book reflect, has like, I think I was like, ha, now I finally get to show, write this first book, let the people know who I really am, my power and my sovereignty. And in the same, kill two birds with one stone, so to speak, reveal Satan and his schemes and his strategies. And you, could, I, you can continually to read those Read those three chapters, four chapters, and or use it for the half rest of the year and go into Job and really see like, whoa, this is how the enemy attacks. This is how I need to fight my battles. It really is important that I believe. It's one thing to read the word. It's another thing to believe the word. We could read it and say, oh, that was good. I did my devotion. Put it away. Or you could read it and say, I'm going to apply this devotion. I'm going to write it, and I'm going to do what I can, and I'm going to apply this one today. Take one verse and then use it. So when you're down and you use that verse and apply it, stop believing what this is because he works here. He'll work here in every single person who's willing to take this and manifest it into real life. God does the same, but he speaks through his truth. He's like, well, he's not speaking to me. Look for him in your, in, the, in your presence of God. I want to hear you. I want to know you in a different way. Look at him through chapter 38 through 42 in the book of Job. See the greatness and the power of falling in love with him. That's what gives you the power and the strength to say no to sin. Job didn't say no to sin because he didn't like it. He said no to sin because, Satan, because God hated it. And it was wrong. See, I always think we're created for a purpose and a plan. You have a purpose. God calls you out to the destiny. You let him take care of it. He will send you each step of the righteous or ordered by God. You have a purpose, but it's his job to lead you there. It's his job, not yours, not mine. I just stepped into Pray Center Church in Visalia when I gave my life to the Lord on Saturday, stepped in the church on a Sunday. And my life has never been the same to the good. But I have, but we got to fight. It's a fight to believe this truth. It's a fight when you feel down, you feel it. Emotions are never true. They're such liars. God's not moved by emotions. He's moved by truth. And when you do feel down, that truth and knowing who he is will bring you up. Go to chapter 38 if you think, oh, the enemy feels so big in my life. Go to 38 and see how big your God really is. Amen? Amen. Lord, we just thank you for this time, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for all that you've done, Lord, and for your love and your mercies and the power and the strength of your truth and of your word. Lord, we stand on your truth, Father. We stand on what you tell us through your word through your Holy Spirit. We seek your faith, Lord, to direct us and guide us, Lord, all the days of our lives. We now know the strategies that the enemy will bring, Lord. But we will love our neighbor. We will pray for those who persecute us and despitefully use us. We will not war against each other, Lord, but we will strive to be like-minded. We will strive to protect each other protect each other's integrity, each other's love. We will have each other's back, Father. 
and when one is being attacked, Lord, we will begin to pray. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you gave us your word, that you've kept it throughout the years and the ages. And you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I pray, Lord, this revelation of truth would begin to permeate over every life here right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. That this revelation, Father God, would open their eyes that if there's struggles, Lord, whether it be marriages, friendships, in the body of Christ, you would begin to do a work in their hearts. That we would stop hitting those triggers in, our, in people's lives on purpose. That we will no longer be tools of the enemy, Lord, at times. Forgive us, Lord, when we have. That we would not act in fear, but that we would seek your word to conquer that fear. Free us, Father God, from those things that we don't see, but that you see and you want us free in every area of our lives, that we were transparent before you, Father. We love you and we thank you, Lord, for your word and your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, amen. I encourage you to read Job. I know I went, I feel like I went fast, but I don't know if I went Thank you for joining us today. Power Talk Podcast is brought to you by Powerhouse Church. You can listen on Spotify or download the Powerhouse Church app. If you would like to comment, need prayer, or want more information, contact us at powerhousechurch.us.